And here he is with another Wednesday morning discussion. It's good morning, Dr. Andrew Corbett. Good morning, Cameron. Great to be with you. And we were just talking off air. What a beautiful, enchanting morning it is. It's blazing sunshine. Beautiful. Which is a little bit deceptive, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is, really, yeah, because it's cold as well. It's cold. It is actually cold, and it was minus... It doesn't look a picture out there at our window, though. It does. It actually looks the quintessential Australian scene. We actually should set up a webcam and go live streaming, I think, on our site. That's a good idea. Yep. If you are listening to this in your car and you're about to get out and go into your office, don't forget, you can listen to this live on your iPhone, iPad, uh, in whatever tablet, device... By going to wafm.org.au and just clicking on the streaming button and you'll you'll see that you'll be able to enjoy WayFM pretty much anywhere, uh, 24 hours a day and uh, all there and free for you to listen to. So this morning, Cameron, I want to talk about how to love. And this is in the context that we we have so so much relationship breakdown now one of the 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 absolutely confusing things for me bewildering actually is that marriage just generally is under so much strain and there's so many marriages breaking down that you've got you've got a whole bunch of people that want that that want in on this which is very very strange considering the revolt that started around the 1960s, 1970s, where people decided they didn't need to marry because it was an antiquated institution, supposedly. And now you've got people that want in. Of course, this causes some people to wonder whether it's actually marriage that people want. But irregardless of that, marriage has been under a lot of pressure. A lot of married couples have divorced they they have just found it too difficult to navigate a lot of young people are confused about marriage there's a lot of young people who uh, a, a while ago said that they were never going to get married even into their 30s there were a lot of young people who were talking like that and now there's an interesting trend whereby there there there's a lot of young people who are choosing to get married and we're seeing a trend back to marriage and one of the interesting things that we're also seeing is that the rise of what's called pre-marriage preparation counseling so before you get married there's preparation involved in how to navigate your marriage how to navigate the challenges that you will face. Now, I think this is important. It is important. Now, that aside, we're also seeing family breakdown. We've got children that grow up and over a number of years, because of some offence or hurt or something like that, they haven't spoken with their parents. I recently heard of an incident where it had been years between a child of of parents who had now grown up and hadn't spoken with their parents and so we've got relationships that are under strain generally added into this mix we've got a whole group of growing a growing segment of society that are desperately lonely Cameron and I think one of the reasons for this one of the reasons why people feel the ache of loneliness so incredibly is because we are actually created to love 
and be loved. It is one mm. of the foundational human needs. You know, we talk about the need for clothing, food, shelter, but there's also an emotional need that we have to both love and be loved. And so when we're talking about something that is so foundational to what it is to be human, we we would do well just to stop and consider what is this thing we call love. And I'm hearing this word bandied about a lot. If two people love each other, they should, you know, dot, dot, dot. And interestingly, in the, in the Marriage Act, the word love doesn't appear. There's no, there's no sense that uh, marriage is specifically designed for people because they love each other. It's assumed that when you marry, you will love each other, but it's not the reason a couple would get, get married, in the eyes of the government at least anyway. So let's talk about love, how to love. The other concern I have, and why this is important to talk about this, and why this is important to understand this, Cameron, is because love is being presented almost exclusively, and I know that there are parents dropping off young children now, but I think parents would be naive not to know that they're not to think that their children aren't being exposed to what we might call a sexualization of love. That is, it's it's almost taken for granted now that if two people love each other, they have sexualized that love, that, that friendship or that relationship. This has brought a, a tremendous distortion to how boys see girls and how girls see themselves. And so with this as the backdrop to what I want to talk about, I want to talk about how to love. Because Cameron, I'm I'm pretty sure there's a there's a whole lot of strange thinking about what love is and and I think it starts off with I love the person who meets a need in my life. Now that need might be to feel wanted, which is a valid human need. We all appreciate being wanted that that need might be that i love the person who gives me attention again that's a that's a, a need it's nice to be affirmed and it's nice to be appreciated i love the person who spends time with me and makes me feel important and in each of those statements i actually have misused the word love if we're talking about the the highest kind of love in the ancient world, Cameron, there were four types of words used for love. There was eros, love, the the sexualized love. There was storge, love, which is the Greek word for family relationships. It's the kind of love that you might have for your sister or your brother or your mother, your father. There's phileo love, phila, phila phileo. It's uh, friendship love, so uh, philadelphia is Adelphia means brothers, so Philadelphia, love of the brothers, so brotherly love. Uh, then there's another kind of love called agape love. Agape love is selfless, other-serving love. It longs for the highest 
good for another. And this this is the kind of love that is it's it's this word that's being used but misrepresented it's being used to mean perhaps one of the other three types of love when many people talk about love so i want to unpack this a little bit dr gary chapman has written an international bestseller about love and that tells me a lot that tells me that people really do want to understand this as they enter into relationships and in that book he it's called the five love languages dr gary chapman says that there are generally five categories of how love is expressed and cameron here's a question for you of those five love languages have you ever heard of the five love languages i have yes can you recall any of them uh, yeah, well, there's um, what the ones we just spoke of, or the, no, the, the actual five languages. There's um, physical touch, obviously. Yeah, physical touch, appropriate um, physical touch. Yeah, appropriate physical touch. That's right. Uh, words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. Yes. Um, what else is there? There's. Um, um, oh gosh, you, you've right, got me, me on the spot. Out. Yeah, let, let me. me help I'll, I'll, you'll, I'll know them as soon as they All come right. to me. So you're you're right. So far, there's appropriate touch. So yep. someone might come along and. And just you know, literally pat someone on the back, or yeah, yeah. or shake someone's hand, or or come up and 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 come up beside someone and sort of give them a side hug, and and or, or it could just be a hug, yeah. could be a hug, it yeah. could be a caress of a cheek, it could be a parent just stroking a child's hair. Uh, you know, th- these things are appropriate; they're not in a, necessarily inappropriate, and they say to that person. I love you. They're an expression of love. So appropriate touch. Then words of affirmation. Uh, particularly, I, I, I was going to say, particularly women need this. They they want to be reassured. But I'm not so sure it's just women. I think that generally there are people who need someone to say, look, you, you're doing okay. Or that that was, look, don't, don't be hard on yourself you you've actually done a pretty good job there a word of affirmation and it's a way of saying to that person i've noticed you i'm i'm considering you i'm considerate of you and i think you're doing pretty good and that makes the other yeah. person feel loved so that's that's words of affirmation acts of service is one isn't there it there you go cameron well done it's coming to me now acts of service indeed so when someone says can i get you a a double shot cappuccino with one sugar i'll say well that'd be lovely thank you cameron um <laughs> yeah I think you expect me never to of, ask you just when i go down to um, the, the number of times i've walked into this studio and you've had a coffee ready for me is how many times cameron zero zero thank, thank you cameron so if acts of service was my primary love language, you could tell I'd be pretty devastated right now. He's not one of my best. Fr- he's not, I'm not one of his best friends. No, because you don't do like, acts of yeah, service. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so the the other one, or well, there's a couple other ones. So we've got gifts. Uh, when someone gives a, a gift, for, for some people, if if they don't get a gift or they get a gift card or something like that. It actually says to them that, that that person who gave it doesn't really care. When someone gives a thoughtful gift, it, it actually says, I love you. And I wrote 
uh, a blog piece uh, some time ago about some of the strangest gifts I've received when at the time I thought, now what on earth am I going to do with this? And I wrote a blog piece about two things, two gifts that were given to me. Uh, one a couple of years ago by Lynn Parry, who, who gave me a little wooden box with the strangest metal sort of embedded lid and it was just the weirdest thing and it was from the Oxfam shop <clears throat> so it had mm. been made I think in um, Africa or something like that and I, I thought what on earth am I going to use this for Cameron <laughs> I use that thing nearly every day in fact just before I came I used it so I'm using it all the time now and, and you stop and you think what an absolutely thoughtful gift what an incredibly thoughtful gift and then just as Kim and I got married, we had someone give us the weirdest little pink ceramic thing. And we thought, no, this has got to be the daggiest thing. What on earth are we going to do with this glazed <laughs> pink ceramic thing? And then we discovered that you actually, because it had a big hole in the middle and had two little holes either side of it. And we're thinking, what on earth? Well, we discovered it was a toothbrush cup holder. Because when you're not married, you don't think in terms of two toothbrushes. And then after we got married, realised... And th we used that thing for the next 15 years. Uh, it was just so practical, so good. So gifts can also be um, something that says, I love you. So we've got words of affirmation, we've got gifts, we've got touch, we've got gifts, and we've got time. Cameron, let's come back after this music break, and we'll continue to talk about how to love. This is good stuff. I hope you're enjoying it. Here on Launceston's YFM, it's 8.48. Uh, what a classic song from the 80s. I want to know what love is. It's Foreigner here on YFM at uh, 8.54. And Dr. Andrew Corbett is uh, showing us or uh, um, discussing how to love and um, yeah it's uh, good stuff so far continue please Andrew yeah so love is an expression it's it's something that do now here's another I think something that confuses people and and that is this that we think love is a feeling that we we think that love is a, a sensation a, an emotion that results from being with someone now i'm i'm going to suggest that it is the result of something i'm also going to suggest that you actually have the choice to love or not to love and with that choice of loving or not loving your feelings will follow your choice there's actually an in-between thing there between choice and feelings and that in-between thing is action or expression so how to love dr gary chapman says the five love languages acts of service words of affirmation appropriate touch quality time with someone and gifts are things that we do they are expressions and the highest form of love is not in response to something that anyone's done the highest form of love where you take the the purest definition of love and that is acting for the other person's highest good 
acting for the other person's highest good. So the parent that says to their child at dinner time, when their child says, oh, I don't want to eat this dinner, can I sit in front of the TV and just eat lollies and ice cream? And the parent that says, no, turn the TV off, come into the dining room, sit down, and I've prepared meat and vegetables for you with a juice drink, and you are to join us at the table, and we are to eat as a family. And the parent and the, the child who then responds by saying, oh, that's not fair, you don't love me, you don't let me have what I want. And the parent that then says, oh, okay, don't join us, sit in the lounge room, eat your lollies and your ice cream and watch TV while we, the rest of your family, sit at the dinner table. They're not actually acting on behalf of the child's highest good. That's not good, even though the child thinks that's what they want. Even though the child may get upset, may even throw a tantrum, may do all kinds of demonstrations and and, and objections to the fact that their parent is not giving them the thing that they are demanding... When the parent acts on behalf of the child's highest good, it doesn't always mean it's going to be understood or it's going to be popular or it's even going to be approved. To act on the part of someone's highest good is a very, very courageous thing. Very courageous. This is where I think in marriages, and I want to, I want to put this out on the table after we come back from the 9 o'clock news, Cameron, that sometimes relationships get into a situation where they get very heated very tense words are exchanged things are said that are very hurtful and people assume at that point the love has gone out of the relationship and i want to just give people an alternate way of looking at those at those moments this might be particularly helpful for parents as well who are dealing with children where their children will say some absolutely horrible things to their parents and the and the parent may think well that's it i've lost all sway over my child just steady on not so fast parent just hang on a minute we'll talk about that when we come back after the nine o'clock news but let's understand that love is acting on behalf of the other person's highest good it's taking some initiative for for someone else's highest good so the 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 one who loves someone who's been hurt will then go and get the antiseptic and what's going to happen when you put the antiseptic on that grazed knee cameron what's what's going to happen to that child well he's probably going to sting for a bit but he will get better yeah and and trust me we've had to do this with each of our four children where uh, even yesterday ruby fell over grazed the knee she's a kid this happens this is life and when you go to tend to that wound, the the response is, no, don't, don't, don't do that. That hurts. Meanwhile, there's gravel and dirt and all kinds of bacteria getting into that thing. And if you don't, because, well, the child's demanding that you don't, you're going to not be acting on that child's highest good. Every parent knows that there will be times when to act on behalf of someone's highest good may not be understood may not be they they may not approve there's all these downsides that make 
loving someone very, very difficult at times, but you still have to do it. So it's not the feeling that you get, you know, I fell in love with this person. Yeah, I, I understand what you mean, but that's actually not what happened. That's not what happened. You increasingly came to a position in your emotional well-being where you said, I am prepared to act on behalf of this other person's highest good. Now, that sounds a bit spockish to say that, Cameron. So I understand people just simplifying <laughs> by saying, I fell in love with Cameron. All right, let's come back after the news, Cameron. That's, that's so nice of you. Here on Wave, it is nine o'clock. When you're inside and it's nice and toasty, warm, uh, a day like today can look an absolute picture. But when you go outside, well, it's still sunny, but it's a slightly different uh, feeling, obviously, when it's nice and cold. Mostly sunny today for Launceston. Still a fair bit of frost around. That's nice and white too. Light winds a top of 12. Uh, minimum tonight of zero again. So another cold night coming up tonight. Partly cloudy with the slight chance of a shower in the evening. Light winds and 12 degrees maximum. For Friday, partly cloudy, 2 to 4. A shower or two forecast for Saturday, 5 to 15, and a shower or two, 9 to 15. On Sunday, the current temperature uh, here in Launceston uh, still uh, in the minus range of minus 0.9 of a degree. Thanks for tuning in to YFM this morning. It's now 9.05 and we're in uh, conversation with Dr Andrew Corbett about uh, how to love. Cameron, I want to build on the idea that when you are acting on behalf of the other person's highest good, it's not always going to be appreciated, not always going to be understood, and it will often lead to, curiously, some times of almost hostility, definitely tension, crosswords exchanged. This, this can be very, very confusing. In fact, I would say most people at that point begin to think, the love has gone out of my relationship. And that's because they associate the emotional feeling of gladness as being love. And I'm, I'm going to suggest that that is, that is the result of an exchange of love, where love is expressed, where there's a choice, where there's an action, feelings will follow. When actions die down, feelings die down also. The person who says, I fell in love with them and I couldn't help it, is extremely naive. You never fall in love with someone unless you've made a choice to do so and unless you have participated in some action. Now, knowing that means that when you're in a situation where perhaps in a husband and wife relationship where there's been heated words exchanged... The, one of the reasons why the people who can hurt us most are the people who are closest to us is because we all carry with us as a, a mask and we all carry with us a shield. And, and the closer we get to someone, the more we let them see what's really in our heart, the less we wear the mask and the transparent we make that shield, we, we, we tend to put that shield down. The most vulnerable place in a marriage relationship is is also the closest place. In a, it's the most intimate place for a married couple. Many married couples will have decades together but never really get intimate, never really get so close that they are open to talk 
with each other about what's really on their heart, what's really on their mind. And what can happen is when there there is a couple who are getting closer and they get to know each other and they get they see through the masks, they see through the shields, they, they become, they disclose more to each other. They begin to talk more honestly, more transparently. And sometimes what they have to say sounds hurtful. But it's at that time that you need to realize this person does not talk to other people like this because they don't love those people like they love me now i know this is a completely different way of looking at relationship strife but if you can begin to see that the that the one who begins to talk frankly and openly and says you know this is what you're doing that really annoys me and i'm i'm just i've had enough of it is only saying that because they love you and it's because you love them that they feel secure enough to actually say it. So if you can begin to interpret those moments, not as your relationship being in trouble, but actually, strangely, as a symptom, as a sign that your relationship is actually in really good shape. In fact, if your spouse is not saying something that is very transparent, very honest with you, then you probably... It's, it's because of that that you may want to become concerned. And that's when you want to perhaps step up and be a hero. And, and how do you love someone in a situation like that? How do you love someone when the love's not being reciprocated? Well, this is where we understand what love is really all about. Love is not about getting something from the other person. And this is my concern, Cameron, when we fall for the, for the lie that to love someone means that you have to sexualize that relationship. If you really love me, you will go all the way with me or whatever. Uh, and, and so when we understand that love is actually giving, not getting, it's, there will be some getting, but that's not the motive. The, the, the kind of love that is pure, the kind of love that is going to always triumph is, is the love that cannot be repaid. It's the kind of love that gives without any thought of getting anything in return. It, it doesn't come with strings. It doesn't come with, with the motive that if I do this for you, then you'll have to do this for me. The, the highest kind of love for another person is acting for their highest good with the thought that it will never be repaid. So when we begin to love like that, and there are degrees of that, and I think down at the street level when you see a stranger and you just help them, you'll never see that stranger again. There'll be no thought of a return. It could be that they've just parked their car, um, forgot to check the meter, gone off in the other direction, the parking attendant is coming, and you see that their meter's expired, and you put a put a couple of dollars in the meter for them what can they do to repay you nothing there's nothing it's actually that in itself is a type of love it's a degree of love cameron it shows that uh love is is something that you you do for someone now when you're in a marriage relationship 
this can get very taxing because it can end up feeling like it can end up feeling like i'm the one who's always giving my, I, I just don't get anything back i'm giving out giving out giving out giving out and this is where i would really like to say to anyone contemplating marriage if you're not prepared to do that think twice before you enter into this marriage and i wish i could take every married couple back a, a month or two before they got married and explain to them you are about to make a vow to each other before god that you will love each other love cherish honor and keep are usually the words they are powerful words and you make a vow to do it to do it in other words love is a verb not a noun that feeling that people say oh i feel i i think i'm in love people talk about that as if it was a noun but it's not it's a verb it's something you do the 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 most classic definition of love that i've ever heard cameron comes from paul's writing to the corinthians in first corinthians 13 paul said this and this is just utterly profound and in just about just about every wedding i've ever done this this has been the passage that a couple have selected to be read at their wedding and i hope that people really take hold of this because if if we could have every husband step up to the plate and once again rekindle the flame of love in their relationship with their wife by acting and here's what it says love is patient and kind love does not envy or boast it is not arrogant or rude it does not insist on its own way it is not irritable or resentful it does not rejoice at wrongdoing but rejoices with the truth love bears all things believes all things hopes all things endures all things love never ends what a beautiful description of love yep and each of those things require an action it's not a passive feeling paul hasn't described a feeling he's described an action he's described what it looks like to love so cameron when we talk about loving how to love we we need to understand that if we fall for the lie that it has to be sexualized we might fall for the lie that if two people really love each other they should they should be involved in sexual activity and i and i just think that's that that is a completely distorted way of looking at what love really is love does not have to be sexualized in fact two men could really love each other as mates really love each other as mates and it doesn't have to be sexualized at all you could have a a father with a child with, with their own child really loves that child and of course that doesn't have to be sexualized and and i say of course and i hope that it's of course i hope people get it i hope that we can begin to see that love is love has a purity element 
to it. And young girls, young girls live in a, a world today where they're told that they are really objects of desire for boys and if they they want to be loved they have to act on that and that's just not true either and i and i hope that there are young men out there who and i'm going to introduce a really old word here i hope that our young teenage men begin to act chivalrously that they begin to show a bit of chivalry when it comes to how they treat girls and that one day their chivalry will culminate in how they treat one special girl and that girl needs to be loved that way so Cameron how do we love it there's there's the five love languages that perhaps there there are some people that that struggle to connect with someone once you find their language you may find the connection grows stronger how do we love we we recognize that it's not what we get it's what we give and invariably what you sow is what you reap whatever you want give it away because there's the principle of sowing and reaping so cameron there's there's some short thoughts really on how to love and i i hope that today everyone has an opportunity to show love to one degree or another to someone today even if it's just a a very small act of kindness at the workplace or in the street perhaps you might see my car that's uh, run out of parking time (laughs) 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 show some love (laughs) or it might be another uh, opportunity that you have to show a random act of kindness or perhaps there are some husbands and wives where the husband needs to step up and be the hero in the relationship come home tonight grab his wife gently and say look i've been a jerk please forgive me i'm sorry for the way i've been treating you and that in itself becomes an act of love so cameron well i'll be back next week and we'll talk about some more aspects of how we can live life better and some practical life coaching things as well but there you go today how to love good on you dr andrew corbett great stuff this morning 